This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Celtics are denying this, uh, that they're, they're shopping Rajon. Uh, but my sources throughout the league uh, insist that, that Rajon's name has been out there. Um, and that the, the Celtics have looked to trade him, uh, but they're not getting the type of offers that they really feel are, are fair and warranted. Uh, we know that they offered him for Chris Paul. We know that they have offered him for Russell Westbrook. Uh, and that's the caliber of player in return that they're looking for. Chris Broussard yesterday on the big show before Danny Ainge came on and was in denial mode. It's Mutt and Lou, 93.7 WEEI. 13 days till the March 15th NBA trading deadline. The Celtics Peter being the crosshairs of a bunch of different stuff. And a great story today on ESPN.com. Headline, Doc Rivers, no talk of a Rajon Rondo deal. By the great Jackie McMullen. Jackie joining us on the AT&T hotline. AT&T 4G LTE with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G AT&T. Rethink possible uh, with two weeks of the deadline, Jackie, it seemed like the Celtics and, and Doc in particular with the quotes you got from Doc, kind of annoyed to have to keep answering these questions and this thing has become such a public spectacle heading into March 15th. Right, and, and listen, you know, Chris Broussard is right. They absolutely did try to pry Chris Paul free with Rajon Rondo. Everybody knows that, and I don't think the Celtics have ever officially denied that because that was obvious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think... You know, I don't know about the Russell Westbrook thing. There seems to be conflicting reports on that. But listen, if the price was right, would the Celtics trade Rondo? Of course they would. I think what's a little unfair here in this latest round is that there's a big difference between that and going out and calling up GMs and saying, you know what, we can't stand this kid anymore. He's a high-maintenance kid. He doesn't get along with our coach. We want to dump him. Are you guys interested? And uh, I think those are two completely different things. But when you look at Danny Ainge, I always talk about this before, all general managers, all owners, no one's going to talk about trading a player because the trade could fall through and then you're left with the player. And part of their job is, and I believe, listen, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but part of their job is lying to the media because they don't want to create that sort of thing. I mean, so you don't think that Danny is, is, is out there, I mean, you think he's taking calls? You don't think he's out there maybe actively calling people about guys he might be interested in at all? I just don't think it makes sense, Lou. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything that makes sense. Stephen Curry for Lajon Rondo, how does that make sense if you're the Celtics? I mean, you've got to get more from than that. I'm not saying that you should never trade Rondo, that he should be um, off limits or untradeable, but show me something that makes sense. Chris Paul made sense. That mm-hmm. made sense. That made great sense. How about and that? Really- I, you know, like, like the other thing is, I'll tell you, the Celtics are really annoyed about this Gasol for Rondo talk. They claim that there's just no truth to that whatsoever, that that's total fabrication. And again, if you're Boston, are you going to take a guy that's about to be 32 and, and, and trade for him and, and trade away a young player in the prime of his career, who, by the way, is, is an elite point guard but isn't paid like one? I mean, that makes no sense, right? Yeah, you hear that. And the thing is with me is 
You hear a story once, you know, about the attitude. Maybe you hear another source. Yeah. Somebody else is talking about this source, that source. And I understand right. it could become from rival GMs trying to devalue the player, right. maybe, if that's the case. But when you start hearing these stories over and over and over again, you start questioning, you know, how much of an issue is his attitude, is his personality in the organization? Well, his, his, listen, his personality and his stubbornness and his petulance, if you will, it's definitely an issue. There's no question about it. But, again, I think they got it wrong in that, it's not an issue with Doc right now, as you saw the quotes I got from Doc yesterday. They're doing about as well as they've ever done, and it, believe me, it's been a work in progress. And, you know, as I referenced in that story back when Ronda was in his, you know, early years there, Doc had to haul him in there and say, man, you got issues with your teammates here. You better fix them. And I think that if you want to look at for friction uh, concerning Rondo, you need to look at his teammates because I think that's popped up again. Because you know what? Think about it, Okay. There's no question Rondo was really ticked off that he was snubbed in his mind for that all-star selection. Mm -hmm. Now, he was snubbed, if you want to use that word, mostly because he got hurt and he missed a bunch of games. And when you, you, don't ha when you haven't played that many games, uh, that's what hurt him. If he wasn't injured, he would have made the team. Okay, But whether he did it, the reasons are, to me, irrelevant. He got in a snit, and, and it was obvious to everybody around him. And now here's Kevin Garnett, a first ballot Hall of Famer, a perennial all-star always is in the All-Star game. He didn't get picked. He wasn't stomping around wondering why he didn't get picked. So, I'm, and listen, I'm extrapolating. I don't know this to be true, but I'm sure that the veterans are like, you know, quickly, you're, you're, dude, you're worrying about all the wrong things. You're worried about making the All-Star team. We're worried about, like, keeping this team together and trying to get into the sixth playoff spot. So you can see why friction would arise over things like that. And, and Jackie, following up on that friction, and I'll, I'll quote your story directly, uh, we talk mm -hmm. about the Celtics teammates who become occasionally irritated, still become occasionally irritated with his antics. In yep. your mind, are those antics on the court, like when Rondo's scoring early and, and Allen and, and Pierce can't get involved, or is it more the off-the-court antics his teammates become occasionally irritated with? I, th I think it's the moodiness, Mutt, and the stubbornness. I think that's frustrating to these guys. And, uh, again, especially I would think a, a guy like KG, who's all about winning, has never cared about numbers, has never cared about all-star appearances. And he's one of the few, um, you know, elite players that I can say that genuinely means it. That's really what he's about. So that kind of stuff, I'm sure, irritates him. And, and I can tell you, as a bunch of veterans, uh, a guy like Ray Allen, <coughs> excuse me, probably wasn't too thrilled with Rondo throwing a ball at Sean Wright either. That's just so unprofessional. and cost him a two-game suspension right before the all-star break, which hurt their team, of course. Now, if you Paul Pierce... Do you have a lot to say about that? I certainly hope not, because you've had your own issues, haven't you, with referees taking your shirt off, getting ejected from games and such. So, but those are the kind of things, if you're a veteran like Ray Allen that's been around a long time, you're going to be like, come on, cut it out. And, and Rondo, you know, publicly these guys are saying, hey, this is Rondo's team now. But maybe privately they don't really 100% believe that. And I'll tell you guys, I, I've been through this before, when you watch guys who are getting older, Veterans that just can't play at the level they used to be able to play at, it's the most impossible thing in the world to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm just not as good as I was. I can't do this anymore, and I can't do that anymore. And now you've got this young upstart kid who's trying to establish himself now as the big one, as the big three may fade off into the sunset. And to me, it's, it's almost inevitable there's going to be some friction. Now, is it friction that you can't overcome? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, there was friction with Rondo the year they won the championship in 2008. That's part of the deal of them. And as you guys know, there's friction with Kobe Bryant and any teammate he plays with. 
there's friction with Larry Bird and any teammate he plays with. That's, you know, there was friction between uh, Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett when they first got together as the big three because they were figuring out how to, uh, you know, get, to, get along and work together in the same locker room with very different ways of preparing for a game. I just don't think it's super unusual. Yeah, see, I, th- I look at this group, and, you know, they've, they've won a championship together, and, and when you start losing, Jackie, that's when we saw it in September, that's when you start hearing yep. some of the stories, that's when maybe people start speaking out more, and you can almost see the frustration sometimes in Rondo, a young guy that wants to get out and run. You know, do we yep. hear at some point, these guys are just too old, they can't run with me? Because he loves, obviously, with Wilcox running up and down the court. And, right. and I worry about, the, you know, like I said, getting into a funk, they got a tough schedule coming up. You start yep. losing a ton, more words maybe start coming out publicly. Yeah, well, you, you could be right, Lou, and you're right. When, when teams lose, when they're not doing well, that's when all these stories crop up. And that's probably why uh, the other GMs are, are chirping a little bit about Rondo behind the scenes because they're probably thinking, you know what, maybe this is the time now we can grab him. Maybe we can get him for below dollar value because, because of his petulance, because of that issue with the referee. And it, it just kicks up a lot of old dust is the way I would put it. And dust that's real, dust that was there, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I think it's a fair fair question. I really do. On the court, I think early in the year, I'd say it was Kevin Garnett, Jackie, to me, that was sort of showing the most age recently. I got to tell you, I think Paul Pierce has been that guy. Where KG defensively the last couple of games has had blocked some shots and gotten some rebounds we haven't seen a lot. Pierce starting to show some wear and tear in my mind. Do you see the same thing with Paul Pierce right now? Well, Pierce has been so up and down. It's just unlike him to shoot the ball uh, this poorly. I keep thinking, well, this is the game that he's going to get his shooting stroke back. It's just unusual to see him shoot the ball that badly and to miss as badly as he did. But I, I think I would disagree with you a little bit on uh, on KG. I think what you're seeing is that they moved him in. They moved him positions. I mean, he's playing center now. Mm-hmm. He's playing down in the paint, and so his rebounds are going to go up. And uh, and you know we we've had this discussion about Kevin Garnett forever about a guy who really prefers to be an elbow jump shooter as opposed to a post-up player. I worry, I mean, it's been great what he's been doing, but I worry over the long course, over the long haul, can his body hold up banging with with NBA centers night in and night out under there. Now, the good news is there are hardly any NBA centers. (laughs) That's the good news, you know. There are very few legitimate seven-foot, you know, bangers in the league right now. They just don't. They're just not around. You know, Dwight Howard and, and name another one. Bo gets hurt, you know. But I, I think that's why you're seeing the increased production. And Garnett, look where he's, look where he's operating out of it. He's, he's playing center for the Celtics right now. You know, I'm wondering where you stand on, on Paul Pierce. He's come out and said, you know, he wants to retire as Celtic. To yeah. me, you know, the number's going up in the rafter regardless of what happens in the next couple of years. Yeah. Does he like the direction where the team is going? And maybe he's sitting there saying, you know what, hey, if it makes the organization better and i got a chance to go and win, maybe at this point, maybe – he would do it. Do you think he should or deserves to retire at Boston Celtic? Um, well, I think he, he deserves that, but whether or not – I mean, I, if they traded him, I wouldn't be outraged because mm-hmm. of the situation we're in. Um, but, yeah, I think he's earned that right. I mean, I really think, he, like as you say, he's, he's, there's no doubt that his number's going up in the rafters, and, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going into the Hall of Fame. And, and, you know, he's grown more than almost any player I can think of that ever played for the Celtics, the personal growth. Uh, that that he has shown over his career, it's impressive to me. He has some lapses for sure, uh, but again, stand in line, right, in the NBA. So I don't, I haven't talked to Paul recently about what he's thinking, what he wants, what he really wants. There may come a time when he does think, you know what, maybe I will go for 
the ring. Maybe I, you know, maybe I do want to go for one more ring. But I, I don't think that's the game plan right now. I think, you know, we, we know Garnett's coming off the books. We know that Ray Allen's coming off the books. And then you've got Rondo and Pierce, and you start, you know, you, you start rebuilding from there. And I think that was always the plan. Now, if someone offers them a young player, um, not, you know, with you chop off some of that money, that makes some sense. Now, whether that happens or not is another issue. Yeah, doesn't trading Paul Pierce kind of you know, define blowing it up? Because, you know, you trade Ray Allen, KG, those deals are coming up, but isn't that the move right. that would define actually blowing this team up? I would agree with that, yes. And, and if, they got, if they got value in return, and again, they would only do it if they got younger and someone that can really help them. Maybe some, you know, they've got some draft picks already. Uh, so, I, again, if it makes sense, Look, if it makes sense, Danny Angel do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind if it makes sense. Uh, but I just don't, you know, I don't know how much sense it'll make. It depends who, which team it is, and they've got to be able to absorb a lot of money because Paul Pierce makes a lot mm-hmm. of money. A terrific read at ESPN.com. Urge if you have any interest in the Celtics to check this thing out. And great talking as always, Jackie. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Yeah, me too. And can I just weigh in on one thing? Mm, sure. You do not want a one-game playoff. Come on. The drama of last – come on, the drama of last fall, going down to that final game with the Red Sox. We don't have it, yeah. The, that's the drama you want. Are you kidding? Was there anything better than that? But now you get it guaranteed in each yeah. league, though, Jack. Yeah. You get one playoff game in each league. No, make it – I love the fact that baseball makes it very, very difficult to get it into the postseason. To me, that's what always set it apart from the other sports. But that's just my two cents worth. Have a great weekend, guys. All Thanks, right, Jackie. Jackie McMullen, a weekly guest uh, on our show on the AT&T hotline. AT&T 4G LTE with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G. AT&T rethink possible. See, you don't like it. Just come out and say it. You don't like it. No, I, I, I it. like the premise, getting more cities involved. I just wish that they would slow down and think this thing through rather than push it through. Oh, Bud's, Bud's pushing it. Yeah. Bud is pushing it. 90 seconds, we'll get to you. Jason Veritek joins us bottom of the hour, 1230. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.